Hello again and welcome to everyone. My name is Lisa Faraponov. I'm a global community lead with Rubrica, Ukraine's media outlet that is focusing on solution journalism. On behalf of Rubrica, let me say it's a great pleasure to welcome all of you tonight. And before we start, let me say that discussion that uh, we will be hosting today will be also published uh, as a podcast on our social media. We are presented almost on every major platform. We have recently launched uh, uh, our English language Instagram page so you're very welcome to subscribe to to follow us and um, uh, it's our actual fifth event this year and we would like to thank everyone who participated and and hope to see you at our events in the future as well uh, we dedicate this event to the armed forces of ukraine and appreciate their uh, service and sacrifice to the country so let me introduce uh, our speakers uh, uh, because today we have uh, a very interesting uh, topic that that we personally have never talked uh, about before but uh, these uh, speakers are, are quite professional and we are really glad that um, uh, they have found time to join us today so today we have Yulia Fediev who is um, a famous uh, cultural and media manager Hello, Yulia. Thank you for joining uh, us. Hi, everyone. Uh, and we also have uh, Natalia Tryagina, who today will be mostly representing Pavlovirsky Ukrainian uh, national dance um, uh, company, but uh, who also happens to be a rubrica's journalist of the English language version. Hi, everyone. So, yes, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Natalia, as well. So I would like to begin with a bit of kind of provocation because the war in uh, a different form from the current one has been going on since uh, since 2014 and since since then uh, actually there have been talks regarding whether the budget should uh, cover the cultural sphere as it was before as it was kind of years ago and uh, this year and also last year, these conversations are only to be intensified. And it is it is commonly believed that, uh, for example, Churchill was asked uh, during the Blitz about about cutting expenses on culture, to which he replied, "Then uh, actually, what we are fighting for, if uh, we are uh, about um, about to cut uh, expenses on culture." So, Yulia, my first question would would be addressed to you. Basically, what do you describe as the main tendencies in terms of development of uh, the Ukrainian culture in recent years, and in particular since the start of the full-scale uh, invasion by Russia? So, starting from uh, 2014, during the Revolution of Dignity, the um, civil society activists and actually the culture activists developed a strategy for culture development uh, till 2025. And actually, it was a main document on which uh, the new Minister for Culture um, based his work in uh, since 2014. And actually, in this strategy was developed to establish the new institution which will uh, promote and support Ukrainian cultural project within Ukraine and promote Ukrainian culture abroad because it was understood first of all by the civil society that this war uh, of Russia against Ukraine is actually the war 
uh, against our identity, against uh, the existence of Ukrainian nation. And the main artifacts, uh, the main evidence actually is uh, culture um, and culture heritage and our history and culture projects. So it was uh, the main um, activities by the new government since 2014 and it maintained till now. Uh, yes, when we talk about the budget, uh, it's always a question uh, when you do not have a lot of money in your state budget, what priorities to put on. And defense, economy uh, are always uh, more prioritized than culture, education and uh, social topics. And it's not only in Ukraine, it's uh, everywhere in the world. But uh, um, like... Uh, in comparison with 2012, for example, and 2014, 2015, then the expenses were growing. The new institution like Ukrainian Culture Fund, uh, Ukrainian Institute, Ukrainian Book Institute were open. There were also some decentralization in culture, the new museums, etc. So um, we are still in, in the process uh, of... Uh, uh, data or evidence-based approach uh, by the state budget formulation where all governmental body will understand the priority of culture. And uh, I am always uh, advocating uh, this formula that culture is a fundamental thing on which all other uh, social and political uh, spheres are developed. Like we cannot talk about defense, we cannot talk about education, when we do not have strong uh, culture um, uh, in uh, within our country, uh, so yeah, it's it should be top priority, but it still is not uh, when we talk about state budget. That's why a lot of countries, our partners abroad, they support Ukraine, and when they cannot support us from uh, like. Uh, weapons or military point of view, they invest in culture. As example, Japan. Japan now is a like the biggest donor uh, in culture, because according to the uh, external strategies of Japanese country, they cannot support us militarily, but they can support our cultural projects and our cultural heritage. And it's a big issue now. Yeah, and uh, in, I think uh, it's really interesting how many countries have uh, supported uh, some some grant activities for, uh, for Ukrainian organizations, um, Right now and also and also before the full scale invasion, uh, I believe the the amount of these initiatives, uh, for example, that um, kind of Ukrainian organizations can apply for, is um, uh, is definitely increased. Um, okay, so let me turn to to Natalia. Uh, we will be kind of kind of switching off uh, from some the some topics kind of regarding uh, the system yeah in terms of management uh, because uh, because Yulia is um, is really a well, um, a well known expert on that but actually Natalia uh, she represents uh, the kind of the very practical uh, aspect of it yes uh, because Natalia is a professional uh, dancer also a representative of those who bring culture uh, into the masses as we call it and uh, basically what would be your takeaway about the state of ukrainian culture and its development um, 
since um, since last February uh, and also from your own uh, experience? Um, yeah, it's actually a great question because I would say that um, Ukraine is actually, Ukrainian culture is actually going through very inspirational and productive times despite all the challenges um, that it faces. And from my experience, I would say people became more aware of Ukrainian culture in general, both globally and inside Ukraine. And to a large extent, culture helps us form an international coalition. That's the thing that Yulia was talking about, that culture is the foundation of everything that a country can and will do in terms of its defense. So we need a strong cultural basis for us to be able to ask and demand from our society and international society in response. So I would say that um, just like every other industry in Ukraine, right now Ukrainian culture has been putting all its forces and all its efforts uh, toward bring, towards bringing Ukrainian victory closer. And uh, of course, the interest for Ukrainian culture has grown significantly among Ukrainians as well. And um, we can see that demand for locally produced original Ukrainian product has been huge. And it's a great, great thing. Um, because unfortunately, for decades, um, Russian products, movies, books, music, everything that Russia has been forcibly um, forcing on Ukrainian people, unfortunately, uh, dominated Ukrainian markets and uh, Ukrainian households. And now Ukrainians consciously refuse anything that has anything to do uh, with the terrorist state, replacing it with locally produced content. And um, according to the law of supply and demand, uh, we can see that Ukrainian artists produce more and more interesting, important, significant on even international level uh, content. Because every Ukrainian artist, uh, whether, it, whether it is an independent artist or it is a part of an ensemble or an orchestra or a choir or any other company, they want to be recognized as a Ukrainian artist and they want to promote and represent Ukrainian content. Mm, so I feel that the narrative about like what is the difference that has been dominating the international uh, media space again for decades in terms of like what is the difference whether it is a Ukrainian company or Russian company uh, coming wherever. Now there actually is a difference both for performers for Ukrainian companies and for international audience as well. They will um, actually research uh, very, very thoroughly before they go to a Russian concert right now. Actually, well, at least it's the things that I observe from my experience. Okay, Natasha, thank you. Uh, so let me get back to Yulia. I wonder if you have thought about such uh, such thing as um, basically what would you do differently in terms of kind of management of uh, the promotion and, and production of Ukrainian uh, cultural products uh, both actually within Ukraine and also abroad uh, in terms of the strategies you know uh, actually how we can achieve achieve more coverage, more awareness um, about about various aspects of Ukrainian culture? So actually, uh, since 20, 
2014, as I already mentioned, we have built an ecosystem of state institutions which support uh, the development and production of Ukrainian uh, cultural uh, products, as I may to say, within Ukraine and then to export them uh, abroad and uh, also to make co-production with international counterparts. For example, when we are talking about the system of uh, Ukrainian Ministry for Culture and Information Policy and the system of Ukrainian Ministry for Foreign Affairs, we have two big uh, or even three big institutions uh, within Ukraine. It's like Ukrainian Culture Fund, Ukrainian Book Institute and Ukrainian Film Agency, which invest uh, state money into the audiovisual, visual and uh, other uh, culture and creative sectors. So uh, in such a way, we develop, as uh, Natalia already mentioned, the Ukrainian uh, cultural projects uh, which are uh, created by Ukrainians in order to develop the big amount uh, of good quality um, products made in Ukraine, as to say, because before we had uh, a, a big amount, uh, especially when we talk about audiovisual sector um, uh, products made by Russia or in Russia or in Russian language. So now we uh, support, for example, the translation of international literature into Ukrainian language and vice versa, uh, translation of Ukrainian uh, authors into other languages and promoting them abroad. Also the development on independent uh, um, performative uh, and visual and audiovisual actors, because before in Ukraine, mostly state supported only state and communal uh, enterprises. So now a state uh, investing more into the small and medium enterprise when we are talking about creative industries and into the NGOs when we are talking about culture. And in this way, they have um, Ukrainian Institute, uh, which main uh, mission is uh, to export uh, these made in Ukraine culture product abroad. And uh, we have already two big uh, representations of Ukrainian Institute in Berlin and in Paris. So uh, France and Germany has already the um, Ukrainian institute branches in, in within these countries. So the main aim is uh, to uh, support Ukrainians to build the cooperation and collaboration with German and French counterparts. And actually, it's the first steps in in the future. Ukrainian institute should be like British Council or like um, a Goethe Institute or French Institute. Uh, so having branches in all countries all over the all the world, especially in the global south. So not only uh, in Europe and in North America, as it was a priority before. Uh, so I think now we have this ecosystem, but it's always the question of money when we do not have uh, much investment uh, or the budgets are not so high. It influences the cultural uh, and uh, creative industries market within Ukraine. Also, uh, it's not only about money, but it's also about people. Because of hostilities, a lot of Ukrainian artists, they left the country and now they are living uh, within the whole world. Uh, and uh, But we can also use these uh, bad circumstances for good reason. And actually, Ukrainian artists 
uh, can do collaboration on the spot with uh, their counterparts and also they can develop co-productions and the Ukrainian embassy in these countries when Ukrainian Institute do not have uh, does not have any representation there yet they have cultural attaches who can help Ukrainian artists at, 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 at the spot and also we have a lot of uh, collaboration within uh, the cultural field of other countries so for example uh, Ukraine Culture Fund is a part of uh, IFACA. IFACA is an international network of the cultural foundation all over the world. It's 140 institutions who support Ukraine and uh, Ukrainian projects in, in their country. So actually, it's it's already built. We just need to maintain. Ukraine is a huge country. We have a really, really, as Natalia mentioned, um, great uh, culture and uh, creative sectors. Uh, we before the full-scale invasion, so before 2022, the CCI, so Culture and Creative Industries, they built like four percentage of Ukrainian GDP, and we had like uh, around four billion people working in in culture and creative uh, sectors, and in Ukraine. Ukraine, it's also a big question on settling and putting the criteria what we include to the creative and culture sector as it was going on in other countries. And I think when we will uh, like develop the criteria like UNESCO based or European Union based approach, then I think these numbers will, will significantly grow. So I think we have a, a great potential potential and already a well-built uh, state system. Uh, but yes, uh, it's always not enough when you have such enemy who, who use a lot of tools abroad and Russian culture, it was the main tool for Russian propaganda in other countries. We need like, I don't know, 10 more or 100 more uh, time investments in this field to compete with Russia abroad. And this battle is not only on the battlefield uh, within Ukraine, it's a, it's a battle on the information and culture field all over the world. So any help from our partners abroad is all, always welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Yulia. Uh, and you actually covered the, the answer to some questions from our audience. Uh, so, uh, again, again, thank you for that. Uh, Natalia, uh, I have another question to you uh, about what practices uh, do you believe are the most efficient? Uh, because uh, because we know that um, the um, uh, the Polovirsky uh, team, yes, uh, basically you you also had some some foreign tours, including uh, including some to Japan, yes, uh, as I recall. Uh, basically, what do you say in terms of these practices? Are they relevant? Are they effective? And um, mm, basically, is it enough to engage with uh, the mm, kind of the Ukrainian communities abroad and also uh, the foreign audience in other countries? Yeah, actually, uh, well, um, it may sound simple, but um, the very fact of our existence and the fact that we can travel and that we can promote Ukrainian cultural 
culture abroad is a great tool. Um, as you mentioned, uh, we just recently, well, over the summer, we came back from our two-month tour to Japan, which was a great success. And um, uh, I could personally feel um, that Japan is really supporting Ukraine as much as they could. And uh, mm, it was felt, it was observed. Uh, uh, the tickets to our concerts were sold out two months before we even came there. And I can say for sure that if before the war, uh, of course, we got full houses worldwide, but before the war, people came to our concerts for the sole purpose of entertainment. Yes, to see something interesting, exciting, fascinating, some professional company from somewhere, for example, because sometimes they didn't even know Again, the difference between Ukrainian company and Russian company, unfortunately. Then after the start of Russia's full-scale war, many of them came to support Ukraine to show that we're not alone in our fight. And uh, I actually have a um, an anecdote, a small story about uh, a very confused Japanese woman who came to our concert. She was sitting in the front row and she was wearing a Russian costume, Russian traditional costume. We were very confused, a little bit angry. Um, and uh, first of all, we didn't understand, like, why would a person who supported Russia come to a Ukrainian co company concert? Like, something didn't add up. And um, the company that brought us there, they also saw this woman. So they asked her uh, in the um, break between the two parts of the concerts in the interim, like, I'm very sorry, we're very sorry, but like this is actually a Russian costume, like it's not appropriate for you to be wearing this. And it turned out that she wore that costume because she thought that it was a Ukrainian costume and she wore that uh, as a sign of support. Um, so I think that this confusion and even this situation, maybe if at least one Japanese woman learned after our concert that this is not a Ukrainian concert, but a uh, sorry, a costume, but a Russian costume, and would change something in her mindset. That's a sign that we're doing something right, and it's only a small part of what we're doing because obviously, when we're touring, um, regular people, uh, the local electorate, come to our concerts. And uh, when they see that Ukraine has so much to offer, that we have a rich, uh, wonderful culture, uh, that we're professional, that we are preserving our heritage, still being kind of modern, because like the channels of our communication with the audience are modern. And I think it's very important to keep that in mind while talking about national companies um, of Ukraine, that we still have to be up to date, even though preserving um, our historical roots. I think that this is a great way to influence the local electorate. Uh, and as a result, uh, we get empathy, we get solidarity, we get people voting for those politicians who can bring us more support, more weapons, more funding. So um, this is um, inevitable that we should support such initiatives. And I'm talking not about, uh, not only about national companies touring, but any Ukrainian artist can do that. 
And uh, of course, the fact that Russia has been aiming our museums, our libraries, uh, um, the monuments of some prominent uh, figures of Ukrainian origin. This all shows us that their aim is not only territories. They have been trying to annihilate Ukrainian culture for centuries. And um, our task is to preserve what we can and to actually build this ecosystem and build the system of support within the Ukrainian society. So I think not only touring, traveling abroad and talking about Ukrainian culture abroad is important, but as we all mentioned, it's really important to build the system of Ukrainian supporting Ukrainian culture and wanting to be a part of it. And um, I can definitely say that um, we as a society have definitely succeeded in this over the last year. Thank you, Natalia. Uh, again, you in in part you actually covered uh, some some questions from the audience, so uh, I will not uh, repeat those. But um, I would like to ask uh, Yulia the final question uh, from me, and um, I I've seen in the chat we have some questions from our audience. Uh, I would like to ask you first about what would be the most uh, challenging tasks uh, for Ukraine right now and obviously kind of next year regarding uh, the promotion of uh, the Ukrainian culture in particular abroad? Uh, so it's a hard question uh, because uh, when we talk about the world, um, according to some analysis and some data we have from the Institute of War and Peace Studies, now we have 27 wars ongoing uh, in different parts of the world. So um, it's really harsh from the media point of view to keep Ukraine um, like on the first pages of uh, the digital or uh, like um, non-digital media all over the world. And I think culture still can be this um, tool uh, to maintain uh, having Ukraine and topics about Ukraine on the pages of the international and country-specific uh, media. And uh, from one point, uh, we need to maintain, we need to promote Ukraine abroad, we need to promote Ukrainian culture, but from other side, we are still uh, every day, each day we are fighting for our lives and also our artists are fighting for their lives. And a lot of our artists are not only fighting uh, like and in their cities, they are, like they joined military forces and they are fighting uh, on the battlefield. So we are like really, really, really run out of energy and it's sometimes harsh to maintain but still we need to do this as Natalia mentioned because uh, even when one or two people in each country will understand uh, the importance of supporting Ukraine and they will influence the voting in their countries and uh, the politicians will maintain supporting us it's, it's a huge success actually so yes the state uh, needs to maintain invest in culture through the Ukraine Culture Fund uh, and other institutions. 
Uh, we are really, really thankful to, to all donors, as you mentioned, too, who supports Ukraine and it's uh, from the European Union, from the United States and from other countries who have their culture institution in Ukraine who support co-productions. And we need also to, as to say, to cooperate more with Ukrainian diaspora. Uh, especially with the new era, with Ukrainian refugees, uh, who uh, can also be the voice within their communities promoting Ukraine and Ukrainian culture. So yes, we don't know how long the war will go on. So it's not it's fun and it's it's harsh for us. Uh, so uh, yes, I, I hope that the countries will maintain supporting us and the people. Uh, of all countries will maintain supporting us and we will do our best. I think that we are already and uh, yeah, uh, but um, uh, I think that uh, also we can use these international platforms like um, Netflix, etc. where through Ukrainian movies, I think that audiovisual product is the easiest one to to promote and it uh, has uh, the broadest audiences and uh, also the media so the joint projects between ukrainian media outlets and uh, international media outlets uh, so yes it's it's, it's a, a lot of work to do and uh, I, I hope we will uh, do our best and at the end uh, the peace will come to our country and uh, uh, the, the peace will come other to, to other 26 uh, places on this earth and it's uh, in our actually hands uh, the future planet and not only of the some plans. Uh, yeah, so thank you for the support all who supports Ukraine and just keep on going. Yes, absolutely. And uh, also we have a quite uh, interesting uh, interesting question in the chat and I would like to ask uh, that question to answer Natalia. Basically, in what ways does Ukrainian culture serve as a tool for resistance against uh, occupying forces uh, during uh, the wartime? Uh, and Alessia, who submitted uh, that question, she also refers to the famous um, song which is popular and actually has become even popular during the wartime, Oyuluzi Chervona Kalina. So, Natasha, basically, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, well, um, I think that since the beginning of the war, Ukrainians have started looking for some hope in uh, Ukrainian authentic music and choreography because. Uh, in our desire to be as far as possible from uh, Russia, from Russian culture, we're going back to our roots. So we can see that um, many artists um, create something new with uh, original Ukrainian uh, national songs, um, folk songs, motifs, for example. And uh, I think that it's quite natural that... Um, uh, we can see many videos on uh, online, on TikTok, of even Ukrainian soldiers, Ukrainian defenders dancing hopak, wearing full uh, military gear. And um, of course, those videos are created as a joke, uh, as for people to see something light, something positive. But at the same time, I feel that the very fact that they are not dancing hip hop <laughs> 
that they're dancing hopak uh, is a sign that we are fighting for something authentic that we're fighting for something unique um and you know uh back in march 2022 uh when um, the war has been ongoing for one month and uh Vyrsky, as many ukrainian companies and as most ukrainians we didn't know what to do we were hiding in the basement some of our dancers went to ukraine's west some of them even moved to europe for some time uh in march we got a chance uh to go on tour that was the first tour since the beginning of the war and our aim was to scream about ukraine to raise awareness uh, not only among foreign audience but as well uh, among those ukrainians who had to flee the war and they found themselves in very different circumstances in different countries of europe but um, at the end of each performance, uh, we sang a Ukrainian uh, the Ukrainian anthem, and you could see people uh, crying, um, holding posters with um, the words of support, and uh, of course, um, some of them were Ukrainians. And I feel that our mission then was not only to uh, raise awareness among Europeans, but also to show Ukrainians that they have something to come back to, that here we are, we are not giving up, we are fighting, uh, we are promoting Ukrainian culture, like, don't worry, we will, we will save Ukraine for you to be able to come back. And um, I think that it's a great message to all Ukrainians abroad that um are continuing continuing to support ukraine even even though they are not here as yula mentioned ukrainian artists who can collaborate on the spot who can collaborate with different foreign um companies or other artists from all over the world they can actually make a difference and support ukraine even not being here Mm, and um, Yula also mentioned about working with Ukrainian diaspora and um, um, our company has a very long history with working with Ukrainian diaspora because there are so many Ukrainians all over the world and one of the easiest and the most successful ways to preserve um, Ukrainian culture within families, within generations is to learn Ukrainian language cook Ukrainian food and dance Ukrainian national dances. And uh, we have been collaborating with Ukrainian diaspora uh, from Brazil, from Canada, and their support has been immense. And um, I think that um, this is also a great channel of uh, communication that should be developed uh, over the years, because again, we don't know how many years the work uh, will be going on and I feel that this is the direction that should be developed by the state because again there are so many Ukrainians all over the world and not every one of them have a Ukrainian passport but they feel Ukrainian and they feel the urge to help and to support Ukraine and to fight alongside with those who are actually fighting right now uh, on the front lines. Absolutely. And uh, we have seen how um, the Ukrainian diaspora and also those who actually, actually ended up in um, in foreign countries um, um, also uh, was 
quite valuable uh, to raise awareness about the war. So I believe in the long run, we can really kind of turn them into our agents of change in also in terms of the, the promotion of culture. So we have another question in the chat. Uh, I would like to ask uh, Yulia to answer that uh, Uh, do you have cases on how Russians um, currently stealing uh, Ukrainian culture during the war? Uh, yeah, I think the big question, which is now also ongoing, it's uh, demonization of uh, Ukrainian um, culture, because uh, during the times of Russian Empire and then the Soviet Union, the Russians, they... Uh, Uh, stole actually the names of uh, like Ukrainians, Georgians, and other nations which were part of the Union or Empire before. Uh, so uh, it's a huge work which is done by the Ukrainian scientists and Ukrainian um, uh, cultural activists uh, uh, all over the world. And it starts with museums actually, because when you go to the Um, museum in in the country you live in and you can see uh, how many ukrainian um, uh, born artists uh, are mentioned as the russian artists and our ukrainian um, cultural activists who are now living in these countries and actually now we have a lot of them they just uh, put spot on that and they just uh, take these questions uh, to the board of these institutions and they ask them to change the subscriptions of the artworks and uh, to change the programs within the theaters or cinemas, etc. So it's a huge work to do. And uh, it's good that we have now uh, a huge interest from the state and non-state institution on these decolonization topics. Uh, also, when we talk about uh, the initiative uh, to cancel Russian culture and when Ukrainian artists uh, refuse to be on the same stage on the, the Russian counterparts, it's a long uh, way to go. And when in 2022, it was pretty um, actively supported by the um, international partners. So the, now it's... Um, not so easy anymore because uh, actually Russian culture, they maintain uh, saying and making uh, a difference between so-called good Russians and pro-Putin Russians. And a lot of our counterparts who don't not uh, Russian, Ukrainian or their relationship, they um, sometimes give the floor Russian as, as called uh, Russian or good Russians, and they speak in the name of Ukraine. So for me, it's also like this voice uh, on the panel and uh, some of our international friends, they uh, listen to them as uh, main uh, um, um, like a source uh, of um, information what is going on in the region. So we need to spread our voice and we need to have like uh, more participants on the international from Ukraine. And also what I saw when I have been traveling or living in other countries. So I have been living in Germany for three years and I have been living in United States for one year. I saw that a lot of uh, Russian colleagues, they are part of the boards 
or of the employees of the teams of the culture and arts institutions. So when they develop the working plan for the institution and the topics for the future events, they always put Russia on the list, but they never put Ukraine in the list. And not only Ukraine, but the whole Eastern and Central Europe is like excluded. Uh, and I think it's also a main task for us and for Ukrainians who are now living in other countries. Uh, I know it's hard, but try to be a part of uh, the teams and supervisory boards of the arts and culture and so-called decision-making institution. And also for us, uh, not to only choose reactive strategy, because now we are more reactive. So we like act on, on, on some uh, cases, but be more proactive. Uh, and just uh, to be part of the processes where we um, develop the strategies for the future international uh, and arts events. And we tell the narrative of our country and we need just to take this as to call voice from our Russia colleagues who have done this for uh, centuries actually, uh, talking in our names, just like to take our voice back and be proactive in this and actually tell our story from the very beginning uh, for our European and uh, Southern Northern uh, colleagues and uh, to talk more and promote Ukraine more also in regions where we were not so active in previous years like Latin America, Africa, Asia. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a huge world around us where we need to promote Ukraine. And it's not always easy because when you have now, I don't know, hopefully still 40 million people against 140 million people, it's not so easy only talking, even talking from numbers. Uh, so we need to be more creative and more sophisticated ways uh, to use in order to promote us better. So yes, uh, as I said already, uh, several times it's uh, a top task for us and uh, under pressure it's top top task uh, so uh, yeah but we are doing our best so all help uh, is welcomed uh, i will uh, repeat myself absolutely okay guys uh, so we have we, we have no further questions uh, we do appreciate uh your time and we also would like to say thank you to those who, who joined us online and those who who joined us among those who also donate uh, to rubrica um i would just i would just like to remind that we will have uh, more events obviously next year so you can follow us and uh, you will be notified about the next event that we will host in january so as for now again thank you to our excellent speakers uh, thank you julia thank you natalia and, and uh, also thank you our audience who listened to the uh, conversation and uh, we do hope uh, to meet uh, each other online and offline next year so again thank you very much and uh, be sure to follow us on social media